0: Hey there, film fans. How's it going? Welcome into the Second Day Film Podcast. It's the official podcast of the Second Day Film Club. I'm your host, Brandon Champion, joined as always by the movie Maestro Mike Nichols. It is Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. Uh, what's going on, buddy? Oh
1: man, uh, it's just a lot of a lot of stuff happening. Uh, I was glad I got to see you recently and a little sneaky quick uh trip to introduce my girlfriend to my family. Uh didn't if you're in Grand Happens and I didn't say hi. Sorry, I didn't tell anyone it was coming. You blew but, your uh, cover.
0: You just blew I it. Know. Everyone listens to this, man.
1: No one listens to this. I was there for like one one day. So we just spent days with like family, and then uh I did I ran to champ at the bar. It was St. Patrick's Day. Ladies and gentlemen, this man this is I went to college with this guy, and this was literally the drunkest I'd ever seen him. <laughs> and just he would not stop hugging me and like saying all the warm things. Catherine was so excited because she likes the show. she's like, this is what he's really like. I'm like, no, this is him on like, you know, 10 beers. And she was like, he's so affectionate. I'm like, he's not normally like this. He's a very grouchy person. But you you were just like, you literally one time you hugged me. You let me go. And then you pulled me in again. <laughs> you should
0: see the look on Mike's face right now. He loved every oh, second of this. He just soaked oh. it all up. You know, oh. what? it's St. It's Patrick's Day, Mike. I I'm, I don't have a ton of Irish in me, but I do have a little Irish in me. And uh, I've always yeah. been known to get festive on St. Patrick's Day because – what the hell else is there to do on St. Patrick's Day? So uh, cheers to that. But it, yes, it was very nice to see cheers you in person. You. It was nice to talk about the uh, the podcast in person. And it was very nice to meet your your girl, Catherine, of course, and some of your friends who I don't remember their names. But I hope they checked out the Second Day Film Podcast because I was definitely uh, I was pumping it pretty big that night. I think I was trying to get us a few more listeners, Mike, to bring us up to double digits or something. Uh, you know, so yeah. maybe, <laughs> maybe they'll listen yeah. to this episode when we drop it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, nonetheless, it was good to good to meet, good to see you and meet some of your friends. Um, and appreciate everyone who's listening uh, tonight. Me and Mike are back on the mic. It's the March episode of the Second Day Film Podcast. We were cutting it close again uh, to not... Get one in here and continue our streak of once a month, once a month, Mike, but we're going to get make it happen. And we're going to start tonight a little different than we usually do. We are going to get into two TV series and a movie tonight on the show. But tonight, first, we're going to start with the 95th Academy Awards happened a couple weeks Mm -hmm. ago in Los Angeles. you know, I, I thought it was a pretty good ceremony when you're talking about it overall. Me and Mike are both going to sort of, uh, we jotted down, you know, five takeaways from the from the thing. So we're going to share it, bounce back and forth, see what we took away from it. But uh, overall, Mike, I thought it was a pretty enjoyable Oscars, honestly. I know you're famously anti-award show, but I think even maybe you enjoyed this one a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I mean of course, Michigan Man of the Year is always the greatest award show of all time. But uh, yeah, no, I, I generally kind of think the Oscars are... You know, I the the real people who deserve to win usually don't win, and then, like, there's a lot of like, you know, preachiness by celebrities everyone. who have no idea, yeah, like celebrities who have never, who don't really have as hard days as everyone else, preaching at everyone else, and like,
0: there's a lot of like
1: fake behind the scenes politics and backstabbing, and it's just, you know, I it doesn't, I don't really care for the kind of award show it has historically been. But yet, I will say, champ, this year, I really enjoyed, like, getting to see the winners oh, have their moment.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, I, yeah. I, I actually did like it this year. I thought, like, it was pretty good. I thought Kimmel did a fine job hosting. I li- I liked his jokes, how he acknowledged, like, what happened last year. We all know.
0: Yeah. We all know about
1: the slap. Uh, I like how he acknowledged it and was just like, hey, like, if, if it happens, don't worry. You will be awarded best actor and get to do a speech. And uh, and, and all of you, if you say you want to attack me, just do what you did last year. Nothing. I, was, I laughed a lot. Yeah, and then that was when he got right, to like, I, oh. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's
0: good. We don't want to yeah. get into specifics here, Mike, because we're going to uh, give our countdown, remember? So. Uh, uh, okay. But, yeah. 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 So uh, give me, you know, I'll start then here since you kind of just dabbled into it there. I, like I said, five quick takeaways. We won't spend too much time on this or we will because me and Mike both ramble. You know how it goes around here. Uh, but, you know, yes. I wrote for, down for number five. Um, I really enjoyed the – out of all the performances, um, the one that I really enjoyed was – not to not to from rrr the dance one with all mm. of them up there i thought that was really fun to watch super electric uh it was entertaining it kept changing i never knew like what was going to come next and it's sort of built and built and built and uh you could tell that those dancers had the whole place b- bumping uh once that performance went down so just shout i shout out that performance and that one did end up winning uh academy award for best original song and rrr is a movie we didn't really talk about mike but Holy crap, that movie was yeah. crazy. I mean, we never got to it, but uh that was a really fun watch when I watched it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I watched it too. And, and maybe maybe we can get deeper into it at a later date. But yeah, that's a very yeah, yeah. Some- fun. That's a very fun, silly film. Uh, you know, it's definitely got like a lot of heart. And it's also like it's so good to see just like basic simple storytelling done in a movie. And yeah, I get that it does like all the you know over the top stuff that you do see from like you know uh, bollywood and dollywood films but uh i don't know it was enjoyable i really i thought our arm our, our was a really fun watch and uh it made me actually want to go research the people it's based on. clearly it's a very very fictitious version of uh those two historical figures lives what makes
0: you say that? Um, <laughs> but
1: i mean just some of the stuff like some of the action was just so ridiculous i was just laughing but i was entertained at the same time like yeah. like when he's getting chased by the tiger like when, the the when he's like back. on his yeah the fight in the, when he's on his back and he's like just shooting people with rifles and when the animals like come in and uh but i liked the way it like you know it showcased the people and giving pride back to them and uh I, i'm glad that won for song it deserved to it was easily the best song and i love the speech the one the guy came up he was great he uh, he did his um yeah he did like a little song a little rhyme and then the one another the dude who won all he just came and said was namaste and he walked away it was I mean, like best
0: oscar speech ever one word namaste fantastic give your, win give me your number five
1: that was it. The dude who just came up and said Namaste and walked away. I thought it was amazing. I was All so right, happy. Number four, then number four. Ah, um, uh, Brendan Fraser winning. I was really happy for him. I thought he easily had an iconic performance. It was like I, I cried in the theater. I told you this when we reviewed the movie. Literally, everyone in the theater was crying. I've never been in a movie theater or something like that it happens, and I was very happy for Brendan Fraser. He's been through a lot. Deserved yeah, the win.
0: I put that as number two on my list uh, because yeah, it was. We, we just reviewed the whale last last pod, so I don't think we need to get – if you want to hear more of our extended thoughts on that, we talked about it for 20 minutes on the last episode. You can go check it out. But obviously, Brendan Fraser's performance in that, the whole comeback story, um, you know, me and both of us being a fan of those mummy movies and seeing him come full circle here with a performance of a lifetime. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the speech he gave, I think it was a little awkward. It was a little goofy, but – you know, I just think he was so overcome with the emotion of the moment and just uh, overcome with this, that this was him there after what he's been through in Hollywood and for him to be standing up there with an Oscar. You know, I think he was just kind of caught off guard in the moment because, yeah, he's been winning awards all over the well, place lately. But yeah. uh, this is this is the Academy Award. You know, you're, you're holding a yeah. big one now. And I think that the whole year's events just kind of washed over him and he was just speaking from the heart. And whenever someone does that and you can tell <laughs> it's from the heart, I'm always going to respect that.
1: So, what do, you, what do you think would even go through your brain? Like you as Brandon Champion, you just won an Oscar. You're up there. You're looking at this room and every single face is like a famous face of someone you've like, I, like idolized or whatever. There's like, you know, seven, eight million people watching you on TV. What do you even think? Like, how do you even think you're able to form words? I, think I don't... You just got
0: to block it out in like, and honestly, this might sound weird. Just be selfish. Think about you. Huh. If the moment's all about you. Let it be about you. You know, accept it with open arms. Take it. I mean, obviously, thank all everyone who's got you there. I think that's what I'd be thinking about. I don't want to forget anyone to thank while I'm up here. You know, and you see a lot of them go through that actually. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. But they're just like, you know, it's like. I think you just got to, you got to think about your journey. You got to try and put that into words and just speak from the heart, speak what, say what comes out. And, and obviously, you know, give shout outs to the people that got you there, but uh, I think that's what you got to do. Uh, but let's keep this moving, Mike. Uh, um, let's see my number four then, I guess. Uh, I just put Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel's monologue, you know, it was hmm. about, I think overall he was a solid host and he's a good host. That's why they keep inviting him back. But monologue was about 14 minutes long. Um, I love, Right off the top, he talked about how 2022 was the year when people went back to the theater and everyone started clapping, and I, I started clapping when that happened because I'm like, "Yes, go to the fucking theater, people." Um, so I was, I was <laughs> glad that was in there. I liked how he, yes, like you mentioned off the top, uh, referencing the Will Smith stuff last year, poking fun at it, calling themselves out. I think that's the smart move. Um, the jokes overall, I think, landed. There was a couple misses, but you know, they they were like lighthearted enough. Uh, Where people could laugh at him, but obviously still, you know, kind of roasting these rich people, which is what we want as normal people. Um, So I Mm -hmm. like that. And then just the the Steven Spielberg bit with him and Seth Rogen and Steven claiming he wasn't high when he wrote ET, you know, (laughs) those those kind of bits were just funny to me. Uh, And with the John Williams, you know, 58th, 59th nomination for John Williams, just that that whole group giving them their due respect. Uh, I just think uh, Jimmy Kimmel that was a good way to sort of set the tone for the whole program.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You do a good job.
0: Um, okay. So give me your number three.
1: Number three. Um, I, I don't know like how to, how to phrase this one. I just like, I just wrote down just the word like grounded speeches. Like I thought there were so many people whose speeches I was like, man, like that was so good what they said. It was so like, it, like, like responsible and meaningful and, and relatable like even though these people just want an oscar i i'm just like man like i 100 percent like relate to what they just said there's such wisdom like like you know sarah paulie who won best Adapted screenplay um paul rogers uh who won um best film editing for everything everywhere all at once uh you know even jamie lee curtis for best sporting actress like she, she said something like, you know, like I'm a hundred people up here. I'm paraphrasing what she said, but she basically oh, just walked through like, how, uh, yeah, like there's tons of people, like, it's not just like one superstar who's up, but, like there is an army of professionals who do hair, who do lighting, who do, you know, like the agents, the lawyers, the, like the publicists, the marketing, the people who design posters, like there's hundreds of thousands of, like every single person up on that stage is an industry and you know like it was so humble and the way she thanked people too it was really sweet you know her parents and um yeah like in sarah paulie's speech i would really like too, and uh the guy who did the editing for like he was like i think it's like third movie i was like holy crap and it was just so you could just tell there was no like weird blitz about it with them there was just something so raw and real and like i just really liked how grounded all the speeches felt this year
0: yeah. There's a very fine line between going up there and grandstanding and preaching and just like saying something that me- matters to you and just yeah, delivering yeah, yeah. It, like concisely, you know? Yeah. So I think that, I think I agree with you. Everyone sort of kept it moving for the most part. So yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, my number three is another performance. I thought Lady Gaga just crushed that hold my hand performance mm. from top of fabric. I mean, she's, I don't know, man. She's got she's like reinvented herself like what, like 40 times in her career. Like, <laughs> she, this is the lady yeah. who used to be wearing like meat costumes out to the Grammys. And now she's just up there performing in a ponytail and a T-shirt. You know, it's like just a strip down. This is my powerful voice. This is a very personal song to me. I wrote it for this huge mega hit song. Uh, And then I I just think she crossed. I mean, she's got an amazing voice. So I I just, the the musical performances are some of my favorite. I I didn't love the other ones other than the two I mentioned. Rihanna, I'm sorry. I didn't feel it as much as I thought I would, uh, but I loved Lady Gaga's. So that's my number three. Uh, Let's see. What have you given us two?
1: Uh, Number two, uh, man, he kwan and michelle yo's speeches just so sweet so pure like so so deserving like you know i think about everything they both had to do in those roles like they had to fight they had to act they had to act like with drama they had to act with comedy they had to, like and they were in like almost every single scene michelle yo played like i don't even know how many roles in the movie she was her in every different dimension and you know, like, just just hearing their speeches and all the, you know, all the crap Asians-Americans have gone through in, like, the last three years, but especially even longer in Hollywood, with, like, him getting just ignored for years and her kind of being regulated to just action roles, and the fact that, like, they finally got to showcase how good they are and, like, finally, like, get recognition, um, and they were, like, I think they were the both the first Asian-Americans to ever win those for those awards, right? Like...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and just yeah. in general, yeah, them just I was really happy for them, both of them, like, and again, I know it's like the Oscars, and it's like just a lot of bullshit behind it, but like those two people deserved like to be praised and recognized for everything they've gone through and how amazing they were in those roles. So I was really, really pleased that they both got honored,
0: yeah, I put Ke uh Quan as my number one, his just his speech again, the raw emotion. You know, right off the top talking about his eighty-four-year-old mom watching at home and
1: yeah. Oh, you know, it's watching, so sweet. Mom, I, I just won an Oscar. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it was He's like this and, is the American dream. dream. It was amazing. He's such a sweetheart.
0: Yeah, and it was just it was so perfect. I mean, and you know, obviously people like us who, you know, watch Indiana Jones and The Temple of Doom were we love this guy. I mean, it's short round. He's a legendary character in our in my mind. I mean, that movie's one of the movies that got me in love or that got me to love film, the Indiana Jones trilogy. Um, So like I have, you know, I watched that movie a hundred times, but that was a great start. It was just so emotional. And then at the end, when everything, everywhere, all at once, won with, harrison ford up there announcing it and spielberg in the crowd and it's just like uh, it's like this full circle yeah. moment that was yeah. unfolding right before our eyes like it was just it was perfect so that, that was my that was moment of the night.
1: same indiana jones giving the oscar a short round was was absolutely my like favorite moment of the night and of course you knew they did that on purpose they, they knew they're like who's it going to be so emotional for america to watch win the oscar for that and like And I was really glad that, I mean, yeah, the fact that it was indie giving it to Short Round was really special. I mean, it almost made me tear up. I was so happy for them. But like, it was also good to see Everything Everywhere at Once get the win because it was easily the best movie of last year. And like, I don't know. I've said, I've said before, you've said it before. There are so many times where we're like, this is easily the best movie we've watched all year. And sometimes, and it's not even nominated. Like, you know, Avengers Endgame. Or, like, The Dark Knight or something, you know, like, easily the best movies don't always get nominated. And the fact that this one was, like, a crowd pleaser, and it was, like, action and sci-fi and silly and abstract, and yet not only did it get nominated, it, like, won for almost everything. It was like, ah, oh, finally, that feels right. Like, I picked almost Every single Oscars when I was watching, I was like, I think that's the best one. I think that one deserves it. And, it, like, almost every single time I was like, wow, the one I thought deserved it got it. Like, that yeah. almost never happened. Like, I was sitting with, like, for, like, I think Catherine and her mom, and we were just watching it. And right before they announced it, I was like, so-and-so should win. And then they won, like, almost every single time. Like, I, if had we been betting this year, I probably would have, like, aced it. I think I could have got you on something.
0: Maybe it would have been close. I did an unofficial tally. I was around like 16, 17, I think. So, you know, mm. maybe uh, we didn't do an official tally, but we do watch a lot of movies, Mike. So we should get some of these, right. Uh, theoretically, yeah. at least I did not know Steven Spielberg was married to Kate Capshaw, who played Winnie in temple of the doom or temple of doom. I, didn't that's, how the,
1: that. I that's, I think that's how I met. Yeah.
0: Yeah, obviously. But I, I didn't, I guess I didn't realize that. So, uh, um, wow. Anyways, that's enough Oscars talk, I think. Uh, I was glad to see All Quiet on the Western Front win a lot of the technical awards. Yeah, same. Deserved great, that. great great um, movie. And also the score. I mean, in that it got played throughout the the program because it kept winning. And that thing, we didn't really talk about it in our review, but just that booming sort of synth yeah. that was in that movie, it, man, that was crazy. Um, Super intense. So I uh, appreciated that. And then obviously, you know, uh, Top Gun, I'm glad it at least... Did Top Gun win anything? I feel like it should have won something it, for being the, the I, movie that saved the movies, but
1: uh, you know that was not the movie that saved the movies. Uh, but well, it was a great movie, but I, I would not. Uh, whatever I, from a financial I, I standpoint,
0: it, I don't know. It was a fine
1: stuff. film. It won. It won for best sound, and it was a right. fine film. It I'm not like that. Top Gun. Top Gun Maverick was definitely one of my favorite movies from last year, but like the. It saved movies. Like, okay. Like, um, let's get, I think it's let's get over say, ourselves like- a little bit.
0: OK, my point is, I'm glad to see that it at least won something because it deserved that. And Avatar also, I thought, deserved something and It won best visual effects. So I'm just glad that they got their, you know, their cake there. Obviously, they're not going to win for much more than that. But let's move on, Mike. We spent enough time on the Oscars until next year. We'll have yeah. to get our picks in next year. That was uh, we slacked on that. But we'll, we'll have to plan better and get that in because uh, I think that you know, the more I get, the more I get you to watch these movies, the more I think you can hang with me.
1: I'm sorry. I thought for a hot second you said we slapped on that. I was like, I sick like, pun intended. You oh. said slacked, though. I misunderstood. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying the more oh, I man. force you to watch these movies and uh, get you into these prestige movies, I think the closer our competition could get. So um, yeah. let's get into this. Yeah. We got three titles to get to here. Uh, the, first of the, the first of which is holy crap, what a show! The Last of Us from HBO. <laughs> uh, it's a post apocalyptic drama. Uh, created by Craig Mazin, who is the guy behind Chernobyl, and our, and Neil Druckmann, who's the guy who created the game itself, that it's based on. Um, the plot summary, after a global pandemic destroys civilization, a hardened survivor takes charge of a 14-year-old girl who may be humanity's last hope. Uh, this film stars Pedro Pascal as Joel Miller and Bella Ramsey as Ellie Williams. A lot of other uh, people are coming in and out as the season progresses. in a tour of Lamar Johnson, Melanie Linsky, Nico Parker, Merle Dandridge, KVM Woodard, Jeffrey Pierce, um, Nick Offerman and uh, Murray Bartlett, among others. Also, you have the voice actors who are from uh, the game itself are also and uh, have parts in this, which is cool, I think. Um, but, Mike, this was a super highly anticipated show. It was nice to have that Sunday night HBO prestige show that you look forward to at the end of the weekend there back on Sunday nights. Now we have succession, of course. Uh, but HBO has been on a heck of a run between, you know, house of the dragon and this, and it's just been a great time for TV. Um, and you played both the games, correct?
1: Uh, I have not played the second game, but I watched it, but I did play the first game. Yes. And I, and I knew like, I I think I played almost all of the first game and I knew what was going to happen. So yeah. So-
0: yeah so have you have you, know, you? Have you played yes, them? i have i've played through both of them i uh, actually recently because okay. i saw the show was coming out and i'm like man i have this first game i might as well just play through these uh why not because i'm sure they're going to be harder to find once the <laughs> once the show yeah. everyone's going to want to be doing it so for um, good reason like, yeah i mean over yeah they're fantastic games and mm-hmm. honestly as far as adapting video games go these games are probably better suited to do it more than probably any other games that have ever been made because it basically is like a small movie. These are the games that, you know, pushed the the envelope of what you can do in storytelling through video games. Mm-hmm. I would say the the show follows it pretty close, uh, actually improves on it in some ways. Um, so, you know, it's it's a tough watch. This is not a, a show that's going to leave you feeling great all the time. Um, there's going to be characters coming in and out. And then, you know, obviously spoilers coming up here. Uh, there's going to be spoilers. Co- characters coming in and out a lot of them are going to die you're going to get attached to them and then they're going to be ripped away from you Joel and Ellie are going to be going through hell they're gonna have to make terrible decisions <laughs> I mean they're setting you up it's a post-apocalyptic <laughs> show um but Mike I think from a viewing standpoint once I realized that they were going at this from sort of like an episodic angle where Joel and Ellie are obviously it's like an episodic road trip basically you know mm-hmm. they're going across the country by way of the plot they meet someone, they go through, they get into some shit, they get out of some shit, and then they go on to something else. And once I learned that the show was almost taking like, almost like a level approach, an old school level approach to telling this story, the more mm-hmm. it gelled for me.
1: Yeah, this was, uh, this was a great adaptation of, of this game. And I mean, it definitely helps that they brought back in um you know the creators they brought me back in the writers um yeah they brought back in i think neil um Druckmann to like uh work on it and um uh yeah it's clear that there's a lot of love for the game and it's baked so much into the show that really the show is just almost a pure adaptation of the game like so- sometimes even like scene for scene shot for shot dialogue for dialogue um it really stays close to the game except in moments where, and particularly, where the writers found where they're like, "Hey, we could make this a little bit more like expanded, or we could make this a little bit more cinematic if we just did this." Um, so they did an incredible job of finding not only what makes the game work as a watchable experience, but also what makes the audience care like what were the moments that the audience cared most about from the game what connects us and i think the best example of how they updated it was the nick offerman episode episode three i should really say the nick offerman and murray bartlett episode because he's he was also great in it but oh my god bill and frank's episode one of the best episodes of tv i've maybe ever watched and easily the best episode of television i've seen all year so far i know it's still early and successions just come out uh the final season but man um that episode
0: oh yeah just i mean it crushes you it was a lot i mean and that's that's an example of it's a lot different in the game where it's sort of mm-hmm. like frank mm-hmm. frank isn't even in the game he's left uh him by right. the point yes or yes. bill isn't in he's, the game yeah is it bill well, or he's, he's, he's uh i think it's, I frank. Think it's, it's frank. frank yeah yeah He's Frank's the one who then. hangs
1: himself. Yeah. So
0: it's a good example of how what this show does, and you're right, it's a very close adaptation. But what I think this show does that uh, well that so many video game adaptations fail at is it expands on the story that's already there. You know, so I feel like yeah. some of these directors think that we want like an exact retread of like the game that we saw, and I just think that's a mistake. You know, because we've already yeah. experienced the game. It's like it's like yeah, you want to have like these nods, and you want to reward longtime fans. But I feel like we want us to give us more, you know, and I think the show does it perfectly with giving us backstories for for Ellie even and for Bill and Frank and for Sam and Henry and um, for Riley even, you know, giving us more of Ellie's childhood. And it it just but while still keeping the parts of the game that were like iconic, you know, the conversations and sequences that we loved in the game, they kept those there. But they did so good at building out the world and using bits and pieces from the original dialogue to just build the world out instead of just giving mm-hmm. us a of the game and it was so good in that way and it made us care about these characters um who we literally meet w- one episode and then they're gone by the end of the episode and it's yeah. just a gut punch we just met them but it feels like a gut punch every time and that is a testament to good writing good uh, acting and just a well-made show if they can make us care about characters that quickly
1: and I'll also say, like, something like a, a, a female friend of mine, like, we were talking about post-apocalyptic shows and movies, and she was like, as a woman, I don't tend to like watching them because, like, in the in the future, like, if it's post-apocalyptic stuff, women really don't do well in those kind of stories because, like, they just get traded for barter pieces that are treated as, like, sex, sex objects or... So she's like, as, as a woman, like, I have to admit, like, it's not my favorite genre because I feel like the stories I've seen in it, women aren't treated very well. and, and Unless also you're
0: Michonne she... with a katana. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, and this one, it
1: was like, there was really well-written female characters that weren't just, like, done as these, like, cheap objects in the story. And there was also a lot of really great LGBTQ stuff that it was just great storytelling. And I think I see so many people who are like, oh, everything is going woke. They're making all these characters this way. just to... And it's like, no there can be amazing storytelling done with this that's not like like super preachy but also super relatable and human and this is the kind of show that's an answer to like maybe both sides that argue about this kind of stuff where it's like hey these stories deserve to be voiced and have a place and it can be done really really well with like with these kind of characters and and they did it and like I'm so proud of them for for doing it like with such beautiful justice it was awesome. I have,
0: I have no problem with. Characters being included as long as it's done well. I do think there are some cases where it is kind of force fed and where it's not done well and it feels a little bit not natural within the movie or within what's happening. And it's it's Mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, look at us. Look, we we did it, we have them here, you know. But here it makes sense and it's done well and it enhances the story and it enhances our characters. So yeah, Yeah, I appreciate it it for that. Um, Yeah, you know, it probably goes without saying, but, you know, production design, the post-apocalyptic world, the dilapidated cities, the, you know, Jackson looks amazing. Uh, That episode when the lodge catches on fire with David. I mean, that's a terrifying part in the game. Um, Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, the way that that unfolded with Ellie having to fend for herself and be really, you know, becoming such a strong character. Um, There's not a lot of people and I've heard a lot of people talk about this, you know, for a show that is, you know, involves Infected. There's really not a lot of infected in the show. You know, we get the, we, yeah, get the no. we only saw two clickers. You know, we get the two clicker scene when they're going through Boston. We get the huge, you know, with the bloater. Um, you know, the the big mass invasion, and then we get a little bit towards the end, but really, like the last three four episodes, there's hardly any infected. And I think that's kind of purposeful because the point of this show is it's called The Last of Us. You know, it's not about mm. whereas you know <laughs> what's another what's another big show? It's called The Walking Dead. Well, yeah, it makes a lot of sense for there to be a lot of Walking Dead in that. This one's called The Last of Us. It's not about the infected. It's about the people that are trying to survive in this world. And obviously that's told through the story of Joel and Ellie, two characters embodied by Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey that yeah, great I don't, don't know I've ever been more connected to a pair of characters on screen than these two. I mean, there's other ones, Sam and Frodo. You know, we're probably, yeah, I'm, probably uh, yeah. I'm probably overstepping there. I mean, there's a lot of characters I've connected to. But uh, I don't know. I was living and dying with these two, man, because just the way that the Same. writers flush them out, it's it's incredible.
1: I, I have to admit, like the first episode was a little jarring for me, just because, like, because the game looks so real and it looks so good, like to see to see other actors with different faces playing those characters, it was a little jarring for me for just the first episode. By the second episode, I was like, Bella's her uh pedro sam like they were they're so good and i also love the way they integrated like some of the last of us uh like the game characters like troy baker who voices joel in the game and and also did a lot of the motion capture he gets he gets to be in it and he's great ashley johnson who played ellie in the game she's literally ellie's mom in the show
0: yeah Yeah,
1: and and uh, i'm gonna say her name wrong i'm sorry but is it meryl dandridge who played um Uh, Marlene she was Marlene in the game too so like that was really cool the way they like kept some of the actual actors and brought them back for the game it was really special and yeah I mean because they they were such an amazing the game the game had such an amazing performance that it was like it's hard to separate Troy and Ashley from you know Pedro and and, um, Bella but they did a great job actually I have a quick question for you about this and I like whatever you can edit this out if we take too long to talk about it but like you're talking about, like, how... Uh, sure. Whatever. Like, let's let's do it, man. Let's talk. So, you were talking about how this is one of the better and probably the best video game adaptation of, a like, a show or a TV or whatever. This is the best, like, film, on-screen video game adaptation. Do you think that it's almost, with the way video games were in the past, that it's almost impossible to have done a great adaptation until... Stuff like The Last of Us came along because before, like we like Duck Hunt. Like, how do you how do you make Duck Hunt a story everyone cares about? Or even Mario. It's like Mario's not really. We'll find out. There's a narrative, but there's not. Yeah, there's not a story. Like Last of Us is literally like. (laughs) Yeah, but like Last of Us is like literally a movie that you're just playing. Like before this really cinematic style of game making existed, I don't know if there really was much that you could adapt into a movie would, or tv show as well do you like what do you think about that
0: you would just have to do more work i mean you just have to create your own lore you would have to create your own world you just have to do more backstory i mean they're probably gonna have to do it for this mario movie so i mean coming out i mean yeah. well, see, I, I do think there yeah, was we'll really the, i mean the, i don't think people back in the day because the games were much more primitive were looking at those games and saying movie you know because it was so primitive yeah. they're just little bites on the screen you know now they're basically you know, real. So I can see why we're getting way more video game. We just had, we had a Halo show. I think we're getting a God of War show. I think we're getting Gears of War show. So I get why people are doing this now because yeah, they basically are game. They're basically like books. Why, if we can adapt books, we can adapt the video game at this point. So I just think that, yeah. that's why. But to bring it back to the show, The Last of Us, um, I just, you know, going back to Joel and Ellie, I think that I, I really appreciate the, the development of their characters because they basically like flip spots by the end of the movie where, at the mm-hmm. end of the show, because at the start, you've got Bella trying to crack Joel's nut and get him in. Get, oh, geez. Scratch, scratch, scratch that. Scratch that. Scratch oh, that. We've got Ellie trying to crack Joel and just kind of get in on him. You know? Oh, shit. Oh, Oh, ellie, i'm leaving really, this yeah. in i don't give a shit this is hilarious oh, I'm leaving. ellie is trying to get joel to open up to her oh and man he won't yes. Because he's yes guarded by the trauma of his past and sarah and then by the end after she goes through the david ordeal when she was nearly raped and she had to bash this guy's head in joel's trying yeah. to like talk to her about games and i want me to teach her how to play gu- guitar and ellie's fundamentally changed as a person and so they've kind of yes. flipped in that way so i just love that that sort of dynamic between them those two all the way through and and as we know uh, having played the second game uh it's about to get a lot more complicated particularly with what we see with joel's choice uh at the end of this episode the one gripe i had mike that the finale was kind of weird you know i think they shot it you know not trying to like glorify violence and trying to show it as like you know this is a big decision that joel's making killing all these people to come save Jolie and kill the doctor but they really didn't shoot it like it was some sort of big action set piece they really shot it like oh no look at this terrible thing that joel's doing which i guess is fine because through the entire show they really are putting a lot of emphasis on the value of human life how every yeah. person who dies no matter how terrible it's a loss it's tragic and they they really do that in the episode in Kansas City when he kills the guy and every loss you feel it in this in this show so i guess they're trying to like not glorify what's happening, but I guess I was hoping for just a little bit more fireworks in the finale uh i
1: don't know i, I liked it i I think it uh i mean I played the game, so I, I knew exactly what was happening, and even like the uh what we would do after each episode we would we, as soon as the episode was done and we watched a little like talk afterwards, we would just pull up like a YouTube clip of like the show like moment from the game and we would just watch that and yeah like it's almost like shot for shot line for line the way it ends so um and it did it did set up season two which uh yeah oh man if that's have, gonna be you don't
0: know what's coming in season two people yeah it. it's a yeah dude. yeah won't spoil it now get ready uh, it's a doozy, and you know they, they, I think they announced they're going to do a third season, or they're thinking it's a third season. Now, so. I think
1: they, I think they said they're going to split game two in, into two seasons, which makes sense. It's pretty long, but also, yeah. you know, <laughs>
0: but I don't yeah. I don't think we're going to lose. I don't think some things yeah. will happen early on in the game uh-huh. will happen early on in the show. I don't think that's going to will I they'll think th- it.
1: I think they'll end season two with. Uh, We'll call it the golf club scene. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't
0: even want to think about that. But what's your grade for the show, yeah. show for at least for the first season? A plus. Yeah, I think I'm at an eight and a half. I got to knock get the half point just because the finale didn't totally wow me, but it's a very good show. And I have no problem saying that it's the best video game adaptation of all time. I'll just easily. Yeah, easily. Um, so if you haven't seen it, I mean, the whole world was basically watching it, but uh, it's on HBO yeah. Max now. Uh, all right, moving on to the only film we're going to talk about here today, Mike. It's called The Triangle of Sadness. It's another satirical black comedy. We love black <laughs> com- comedies on this show. We're all in. About LA. Uh, we yeah, are. Yeah. It's directed by Ruben <laughs> Ostlund. Uh, a fashion model celebrity couple join an eventful cruise for the super rich. <laughs> there you go harris dixon and Cherobi dean are those two models um you know we've got other actors here i do not really heard of these people mike i don't know about you other than woody yeah, harris of course who is hilarious yeah um, i didn't but, know anyone yeah. but him but here we are mike with another movie you know we've had glass onion we've had white lotus we've had the menu yep. Yep. these movies yep. that are just like making fun of rich people basically just for being rich like i know Mm -hmm. they're not supposed to represent like normal rich people i think they're supposed to represent like grotesque terrible rich people but uh man we sure do like to hate on the rich is it because is it because we ain't the rich is that why we hate on them mike or what is this (laughs)
1: uh no i think there's genuine serious economic inequalities that are uh really destroying the middle class and hurting the world uh personally um but uh no Not yeah i definitely it. think it's uh, uh there's a real problem going on and, and people are connecting to films that are focusing on the the personalities of those problems and uh, is that
0: true or is it just that it makes for very good comedy
1: <laughs> yes so uh i think uh yeah this one was a um this one i think it's one of those comedies where it's it's a little too dry at a certain point for my taste like, I really liked the intro scene where they're talking about the meals, and I like the way the this the script does a really good job of flipping power positions back and forth between characters. Where you start a scene, and you think one character is, like, the one in control of the energy or, or the conflict or something, and then something happens, and all of a sudden, everything is flipped. Like, in the first scene, they're talking about the bill, and then it goes from being like, him hey, feeling... Bad about it, or something, to then realizing, oh, she's the one who's actually maybe not paying. And uh, then, you know, with the yacht, like, all uh, the, you know, there's a thing that happens with the yacht. Uh, and then all of a sudden, they're on an island, and all of a sudden, all these rich people who don't know how to actually do survival skills, all of a sudden, it's, uh, you know, Abigail, uh, the only one, uh, the cleaning lady. She's the only one who knows how to, like, catch fish and and handle stuff. And now she's kind of becoming a little tyrant over everyone. And once she gets power, she's willing to use violence to keep it, even if it means holding off rescue. Uh, You know, it's very, very interesting the way, the idea that, you know, even if other people who don't have power take over it, you know, their own pain or their own, like, quest for power might kind of take over them, too. Like, it's a hot potato that kind of takes... You know, it's it's like the it's like the ring. Like whoever gets the ring just becomes controlled by the ring. You don't really <laughs> control the ring. uh Lord of the Rings, I'm referring to. So yeah. uh yeah, I, mean, I thought it's it was not a here, good. Mike, we
0: know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> 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 I thought it was a good satire. uh I just didn't know if it was as an, an enjoyable movie. You know, I had some yeah. moments, but overall, I don't know. It worked for me.
0: I agree with your. Uh, thesis I guess there that the uh, drunk on power seems to be a theme of this because yeah right from yeah. the jump there with Carl and Yaya both sort of trying to get the upper hand on each other and yeah I like how you mentioned how like the camera in that scene it just sort of turns back and forth toward mm-hmm. them and sort of it's like we're yeah. bouncing back back and forth because they're jarring with each other but yeah dude this this movie was just like so over the top and that's gonna hit either hit good or it's gonna be terrible. And I'm not sure. You know, this movie was directed for Best Picture, so clearly enough people liked it. But I'm not <laughs> sure it. I'm not sure it fully landed with its sort of s- satirical, dark look at, um, you know, just rich people making foolish decisions, and they're so absurd making like people do the dumbest things, like they i want the whole staff to swim so then they all have to go swimming because of this rich person's request and then the food goes bad and then you know everyone gets sick and we have the most absurd scene that i've seen in a movie in a long time oh ago. man yeah getting sick projectile was... vomiting, oh god running into the bathrooms and just blown up <laughs> bathrooms and then we, yeah. the power goes out and the sewage is seeping everywhere. And these red people are like falling and flopping on their back like turtles. And I, it was pretty disgusting, Mike. But I was laughing. I was laughing at these people because it was yeah. just so – it wasn't even that funny what was happening. But it was just like, this is so ridiculous. Like this is so over the top. But I'm kind of loving it.
1: The, I will say like I think that I just – just the concept of like – Everyone's stuck on this boat together in a storm, and everyone's sick and miserable, trapped, isolated in their rooms alone, and the intercom is just being overrun by these two drunk idiots in charge who have oh, no God. no compassion, no empathy for anyone who's experiencing it. They're just having their dumb political argument with each other. I'm like, that's kind of what it felt like to be in America during the pandemic. Like, it was just, everyone's sick, everyone's isolated, and these... Too loud, annoying people who don't really care about any of us are having like sounding like drunken buffoons arguing over the intercom that we all have to listen to while we're all in danger and the ship could be going down. It's like that. That really summed up how it felt sometimes. So I uh, props again to the satire of it. Again, I don't know how well it worked as an entertaining film, but as art, it was it was well done. It was very well conceived.
0: The one lady who can only yell the one phrase. Like, I laughed oh, yeah, time. that she would suck. Um, but then yeah. uh, uh, they definitely killed someone's pet donkey, didn't they? like because the, uh, like right the resort's right over there like just this its head in for no reason <laughs> and so, like it's so this is this movie this movie is clearly about just the extra extravagance of the rich yeah uh, the oh. uh, frivolousness of the rich existence you know how they are so selfish they don't it's the same stuff we talked about with white lotus same stuff What's we talked about with, with uh glass onion I mean, what's
1: with donkey what's with donkeys getting killed in films this year we got we got this we got uh banshees
0: jenny this. yeah jenny yeah. wasn't there an entire movie about a donkey that was running across country i'm pretty sure there was an entire movie this year about a donkey it's called like ao or something about a donkey that's like trying to make its way across the country i'm almost positive uh this happened this year. Like what's with all the donkeys? You guys are a bunch of a bunch of jackasses making these movies. Um well, what would you what grade uh, would you, uh, you might have got it wrong. What
1: grade? EO. Would you it's 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 EO. It's, it's a it film about a donkey. It, it's a 22 drama road movie. Falls life of a donkey uh, in a Polish circus. It it was nominated for best international feature film. It's the year of the donkey.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. What grade did you give it? Uh, up? I,
1: I give it a B minus because I thought like the satire was really the whole time I was watching. I was like, hmm, I get it. Like, nice. And yet I wasn't enjoying it. So it's tough. Like C plus, B minus,
0: one of those two. I don't know. I didn't like it as much as those other movies we mentioned. So oh no no no, 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 so, yeah. Um, seven for me so uh i think it's on yeah. where did i watch this mean paramount plus or i forget where i watched this maybe amazon yeah i'll probably go
1: i'll probably go c plus maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll lean more towards that just because it's not something i ever want to watch again yeah like i, I sure. watched so my okay i don't need to watch it anymore yeah, I give
0: credit for I, get know, it. I give credit for mo- these movies being made and they I guess they're entertaining enough when you watch yeah, them. Yeah. Totally. you're getting so many of them now, I think there's some better ones that tackle this same subject matter that are readily available right now. So yeah, yes. The, the,
1: yeah, White Lotus tackled everything that's tackled but a little bit better. So yeah.
0: All right. And then, Mike, uh, the, the last uh, title we're going to talk about here today is another TV show. I watched all eight episodes today. My a rare, Nice. Movie, a rare yeah, movie movie for me.
1: How, I did heard, that, how, did I, how did I feel to binge?
0: You know, for shows like this, you know, half hour shows. Yeah. Easy watchers. I think it's fine. It's shows like Game of Thrones, like Succession, like even Last of Us, these heavy shows. I just don't think you get as much enjoyment out of them if you binge them. But uh, by the way, we're talking we're
1: talking about the bear. I don't know if we said that yet. the show he banished was the bear. that's what we're I'm talking getting
0: about. there. I'm getting there, I'm getting there. It's the All bear right. on FX, or uh, on Hulu fX uh, it's a young chef from the fine dining world returns to chicago to run his family sandwich shop the show is created by christopher storer and it stars uh jeremy allen white who i had never seen anything i know he's from shameless uh, on showtime mm. but i never watched that show um so this he's, is kind of my he's first, exposure, first exposure to this uh even moss bachrock i've seen in a few things like uh the punisher uh I've, i watched him in he's been in a few other stuff he's one of those recognizable faces uh a.o. Ida Beery, uh, Lionel Boyes, Lisa Colinzias, Edwin Lee Gibson, Corey Hendricks, uh, Richard Esteris are the other people in this who uh, you might have heard of. Oh, Oliver Platt makes an appearance. Uh, John Bernthal makes an appearance. And Joel McHale makes an appearance as a terrifying New York chef. I would never want to work mm. for that guy. Um, no. <laughs> but uh, Mike, no. this is a show you watched a long time ago. You've been telling me to watch it. We were trying to think of something to review here. It's you know right after the Oscars and there wasn't really a ton coming out of there is, there is stuff, some stuff coming out. So I decided to watch the bear. I'd heard it from a lot of people. Uh, I really liked this show, Mike. It it was solid for what it was. It was unique. It was different. It was very intimate. You know, it felt like a very personal story that I was watching unfold. And I think that's what I appreciated about it most.
1: Yeah. I, I have to admit, I've never worked in a kitchen or in a food, like I've never worked at a restaurant But, man, all my friends who have kept telling me, like, that's so accurate. That's exactly what it's like. Like, it's it's a lot of yelling. It's a lot of chaos. It's a lot of, like, little dramas. And yet, like, it's still really rewarding. And there's good food. And, like, you know, you get really close with people. You also, like, just really grow to hate some people because you're working so in such close, intense proximity. Uh, Yeah, like, a few shows I've heard have really captured what it's actually like to do a particular job. Like, you know, we we worked for a long time as journalists and, or you still are in journalism. And like, um, you know, sometimes when we watch movies about it, we're like, oh, this is accurate. This is inaccurate, whatever. Like, this is one of those shows that it's like, it gets a job very accurate from from what I've heard from a lot of people. So mm-hmm. it's going to be down as like a very, very like well shot story of what it means to do a job working in a, in a restaurant and, and in a food, food eatery um yeah so i do know jeremy allen white from shameless like i watched that show i always thought he was great in it he's probably one of the characters i related to the most he's got he's an amazing performer i've actually been like wondering like now that shameless is done like i'm like hey when are all those people gonna like break out and do more stuff i mean like you know because some of them like obviously i mean rossin's been doing a lot of stuff and um uh cameron Mon- Mon- Monaghan or something i'm sorry if i'm saying your name wrong dude but like he's in like, he's in a Star Wars video game, and he was in, like, the DC, like, Gotham show. But Jeremy Allen's why it's always been, like, one of the best actors in that show I haven't really seen do other stuff. So, the fact that he got a shot now with the bear and won a Golden Globe, very, very well-deserved. I was so happy for him. Uh, that monologue he has at the end is some of the best acting I've seen all year. So, yeah, go check this show out. It's it's really, really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, the intensity of the kitchen is all right there. I mean, it's, you know, and and the filmmakers or the show runners do a very good job of sort of putting us there in the kitchen with these people, uh, sort of winding through the, you know, the kitchens and the coolers and the back rooms and the storerooms, And you see where all these different people are in the kitchen, going nuts, yelling at each other, uh, chef going crazy. Um, You could really feel that. And it's a very chaotic show. Maybe that's why I was getting like whiplash vibes, like actually whiplash from watching, but also like, yeah, yeah. When you watch the movie whiplash. Yeah, the movie. movie, yeah. Yeah. You know, it was just someone yelling at you, and the intensity and the ferocity of instead of, instead of drumming, it's chopping. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. but it feels sort of like the same sort of vibe that that movie puts you in. Um, you know, I, I I mentioned earlier, I really appreciated how intimate it was because Cameron, you know, the the the, the restaurant itself, uh, you know, the beef place, clearly very deeply personal to him. You know, it's just he has such a connection yes. to it, and really, it's a, at the start, it's a source of pain as well because. You know, that's attached to it because his brother ran the place, he killed himself, and now he's here taking picking up the grid. And it's like, you know, I think by the end we're supposed to realize that, you know, the reason that his brother wouldn't let him work there is because of some of the stuff that was happening and what was going on or whatever. And, you know, he was just trying to protect him by not letting him work there and stuff. I don't know. It was... I just I, I can see why he would feel a little bit slighted by not being allowed to work there, but you can tell if this whole restaurant it's more to him than just a restaurant. It's like almost like a representation of his now shattered family. And for that yeah. reason, what's happening feels elevated. There feels like there's more stakes than there actually yeah. is.
1: Yeah, and I think also just focusing on characters who I mean, we're getting a lot of shows like you we just point out in the last review, we we're getting a lot of shows about the super wealthy, but um it's nice to like see shows about the super not wealthy. Like the struggles, the day-to-day crap, like the, the the annoying jobs, the the regular obnoxious customers you have to deal with. Like it's great to see some of the things that we all relate to. At least more of us relate to the most. Like like you know, Succession's amazing. I don't really relate to the Roy, the Roy's daily problems of like oh, my helicopter's late. Someone won't take my billion dollar deal. I much more relate to like, you know, uh, an apartment that doesn't always, you know, work for you or not having enough money to do certain things you want to do or having to work. At, you know, sometimes job, the work isn't going so great at your work that day, but yet you have to stay and like you have to just deal with that stress or like, I, I love how relatable this show is. And it's nice mm-hmm. to see sometimes more the daily crap we all go through getting a TV show so we can all be like, yes, that it's that's why The Office was such a great show. Because it's like almost everyone related to it. So good, good for them for turning this into a, like a show. Every, everyone just did a great job involved.
0: What's your read on the, on the first scene where, you know, he's got the bear coming at him. And I, I just took it as like, you know, it's the, the bear represents sort of like the weight of the world and the weight of this running yeah. coming at him. yeah. But it's just like yeah. an actual representation of the bear. And you know, obviously we learn at the end, he's going to rename this place, the bear. But I was like, what, why is it the bear? What is the, what is the bear? I'm like, Oh, his last name's Berzato bears so that's what it's got to be i was like oh okay that's the tie there i got
1: it. i i didn't i guess i didn't pick up on the name but
0: their name is
1: auto yeah but i that's a it's not bear it's bears like i yeah, i guess i took the bear
0: in the movie in the show they called yes uh.
1: yes they did i took the bear to be like kind of a symbol of like the grief of his uh brother or also just like just like the pressure of responsibility, where or whether it's like gotta pay your bills on time, like this big bear's coming to get you unless you get away, or like gotta get all the food done and like the pressure of a restaurant. I took it as the idea of like a combination of the grief of the shadow of his brother and his brother's legacy, mixed with like the the high pressure like life that he's living in. That that's kind of I- where I took it to mean
0: I think identity i think yeah. both those things can be true and then him yeah. naming yeah, him it the bear at the end yeah, well, could, be taken as, could also be taken as he's not running from it anymore he's embracing mm-hmm. it so mm-hmm. uh i think that that's pretty cool um but yeah mike you mentioned it i mean the performances across the board these characters we got uh you know um who did i love oh sydney the character sydney uh richie Bach rock i mean the guy Just who rushed it marcus who's learning to be a baker i mean all these characters like in a very short time become very important to you in the i, th- I just think the combination of the performances i love the music that's playing throughout this it kind of adds the chaotic nature or what's going on on screen you know th- it's just all these different ingredients you know come together to make a, a great show you know kind of like the food coming out the bear mike it's uh or the beef place yes. you know they all it all comes together in Uh, You know, it's kind of a very specific set of ingredients, but it really works for this show. Um, And I, I really appreciated it for that. So I gave it an eight out of 10. Um, It's good to hear that a second season is coming. And I'm glad that I'm all uh, caught up now. And uh, I appreciated how this, it it ended on a happy note. You know, it was, uh, he has his family there. He has his restaurant family there and they're going to run this place and uh we'll see what happens in the future i doubt their problems are completely over since we're getting a, a second season but uh <laughs> in the end in the end this was a feel-good show and i like that
1: yeah yeah i give it an a i really thought it was just excellent like even if it was just a, like even if they never did it anything more than it, it was just like a one one season miniseries like it was great it put me in that world made me care about the characters gave me an incredible performance uh from jeremy allen white and everyone i also really liked uh sydney's Sid- character and the actress so i thought she was really really good um Ayo Edibiri,
0: yeah. that's what i'm going with ao at that's what it looks a- like a-
1: hey right? a- well they well ao got an a
0: yeah A-O there you go A-O. A-, a for the bear go watch it check it out it's on hulu <laughs> For sure. Um, and I think that's going to do it for today's episode of the Second Day Film Podcast. I think we went a little long here tonight, Mike, but that's okay. Uh, we had to get through those Oscars. I'm glad we didn't just completely ignore the Oscars. Uh, and it was a good show. There was a lot to get, good stuff to talk about there. Glad we got these shows in. Appreciate everyone for listening. Check out our Facebook page. We're on Instagram as well. And you guys know where to find our old episodes. Um, Mike, you got any last word before we get out of here?
1: Uh, glad no one got slapped at the Oscars this year.
0: Oh, that was a win. Yeah, no no yeah. physical violence. Uh, no one got the slapped. Yeah, that's a nice win. It's always nice when no assaults occur on live television. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Mike. Uh, well, that's going to do it for today's episode. Again, appreciate everyone for listening. So for Mike Nichols, I'm Brandon Champion. Thank you once again for listening to the Second Day Film Podcast. We'll talk to you next time, and we'll see you at the movies.